This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by Sony and the PlayStation 4. Greatness awaits. Welcome to my basement, everybody. My pal Scott Jones is with me and... Yeah. Skyping in. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're we're dropping the pretense, we're dropping the lies and the horse shit that Ben Silverman is actually this here is in This is unbelievable. He's broken up into a tiny million little bits. He's flying it, through the air. He's amazing. coming down through the antenna where we also get City TV on the top of the roof of the uh, EP uh, network building yep. here yep. in downtown yep. Vancouver going EP all Tower. the way all the way down to the very basement traveling along the electrical cables. Ben Silverman all the way from Berkeley. California. That's right. I'm actually, I'm, I, technically, I'm in my crawl space because you said basement. I don't have a fucking basement. Yeah, they don't have basements in here. California. What is the deal with not having, it sound like Seinfeld now. What is the deal with not having basements in California? Why don't you have them out there? Because of the sand? No, because of the earthquakes. Exactly. No. Is it really no, why? If we have, we go down too far into the earth, it's like a, it's a health risk. So they, they say no basements. No, that's not true. We just don't have any fucking money here. So we, we can't actually have big houses that have basements. I think there are homes here that do have basements, but uh, I don't know anybody who has. Well, you should so. move Tom, into one of those. Tom, Tom Cruise somebody lives else out himself. there. Yeah. You know, Robert Evans, uh, Hollywood moguls. They've yeah, I think them. I think Tom Russo lives on the beach. And Tom Russo lives on the I beach. I said Tom Cruise, but Tom, Tom <laughs> Russo probably does live on the beach. <laughs> we can't turn this podcast into just a bunch of digs at uh, Tom Russo. Sure oh, that can. would be fun. Sure we can. Should we just do that? Yeah, okay. yeah. Then we'll, okay. then we'll get, move on to Jose. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll just go down the list. And then eventually we'll get to me and you. Ben, we miss you. I miss you guys, too. Oh How was God. the big shoot? Tell me about the big shoot, or can we not talk about well, the big shoot? Yeah, the okay. shoot is next week on TV, but it happened last night in real life. And it's, What was it's your favorite like memory that. so far that didn't involve Ben Silverman? Uh, of what? Of Yesterday. the shoot? Of yeah. the shoot? Uh, well, the, the whole shoot didn't involve Ben Silverman. I know. Yeah, but... but uh, we don't want to point that uh, out too I just... Strongly. I, I thought we did something really cool, and I don't want to reveal it before. Uh, yeah, reveal it. Why not? Okay, we're doing a we're doing a Sweet Sixteen bracket face-off thing all week long on the um, on reviews on the run as part of our Rocket and Reagan's uh, countdown to the best game of the year, and it was just such a cool way to approach the discussion. We basically it was Scott and Rob Koval, our producer, and myself sat in our office, and we said, you know, the real discussion here isn't about all of the categories because we kind of know who's going to win in those categories. But it's about the best game of the year, and there's been lots of good ones. Well, Why don't we, we just face them off against each other? We wanted to create a show that was a reflection of what happened in 2013. This was a year unlike any other year yeah, it was. in the gaming business. And so we thought we'd have a little bit of fun, so we broke it down. First day was the eight games on one side of the Sweet 16 bracket. The yep. next day was the other eight on the other side. And anyway, that's going to be fun how that whole thing plays out. And we, we were sad that you weren't part of the discussion. I'm, I'm not sure you would have changed things <laughs> dramatically. But I, well, I did. I filled out a bracket. I mean, you know, that's what we do, right? We have Sweet 16s. We fill out our tournament brackets, no matter if it's basketball or video games. I filled out my bracket, and I can't wait to find out if my bracket matches up with the actual winning bracket. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be pretty close. I'm yeah. pretty good at this shit. This is I, this is one of my talents is picking the game of the year stuff. I'm really I'm very good at this. I credit myself. This is on my resume. And you know, very good at picking game of the year. Yeah, and some of the choices when we went head to head were really straightforward, and some of them were really hard. 
And truthfully, all 16 of the games are phenomenal, but it's not that hard if you really close your eyes and think about it to predict what will be the best game we of the year. We also did something interesting, and we can do that with Ben right now. And yeah. What we did on the show is uh, we had five days, so five the other five hosts, not myself and not Vic, but yeah. everybody got to pick a game that wasn't in the Sweet 16. Yes. Uh, wh- what game would you pick that's not included there uh, that you think uh, d- deserves more recognition from the year? I mean, how much time do we have? Because well, you guys, you guys fucked this one up. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, bring well, it. I mean, I would. I mean, I would start with. I would start with Rogue Legacy. I don't know how that game wasn't on there. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a spectacular yeah. game. So much fun. It was everything I like out of a roguelike game, but it, it didn't feel like a roguelike game. It didn't feel like you were just kind of banging your head against the wall, you know, over and over again no, and grinding. Like a, yeah, roguelike with ghosts and goblins kind of. Uh, it's also a Canadian game. Yeah, in Toronto it's been all, by it's Cellar Door. Super cool game. Yeah. We love what that game. Fools yeah, we love, are. Yes, I know. I love that game, and I that was one really one of my favorites. And then right. I'm going to go, and then I would go with another PC game that came in late end of the year the stanley parable which yeah. i don't know if you guys played no, I, pl- I don't know I, this I, game holy crap it's um it's very artsy scott it's gonna be one of those games that's gonna drive you crazy you're gonna love it and you're gonna hate it i know you and you love and hate these artsy kind of games and uh mm-hmm. and it is very myself. artsy it's it's very self uh i guess it's very kind of self-deprecating it it knows uh what it is it, it's basically a commentary about games and gaming and how that, ludicrous this whole that sounds like an article is. Is that it doesn't sound like a video game yeah it's well it's part part video game part experience part article uh it's it's all about sort of following this narrator who is narrating your experience as you're playing it but you're tempted to not follow the narrator in fact i think most people who play it expressly don't follow the narrator and find out what happens and the narrator kind of keeps struggling to keep up with you bailing out on the path and he gets more and more kind of upset with you in very funny ways it's a lot of portal like you know a lot of kind of glados it channels a lot of that very smart very funny like this is i love this because uh, i can't even imagine what it looks like uh just just give me a visual well, it runs on the uh, Source engine, so it's very Half-Life 2. I mean, again, Portal, it kind of looks like you're walking through. Like Portal uh, 2 with Steven, uh, what's his face there? What? Steven Merchant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't actually have him, but yeah, I mean, I think the narrator, he sounds like, I don't know if it's the same guy from Thomas Was Alone. I don't think it is, but it's it's a, it's a like another kind of, you know, haughty British voice right. and uh, who's kind of falling apart and losing his shit. Little as big planet. It's kind of cool yeah, how, yeah, how narrators have become so prevalent in video games and that that sort of uh, omnipresent voice as you're doing some of these actions is always there. It reminds me, uh, and you guys are old enough to remember this, those old Carol Burnett skits where uh, the writer would be sitting at the table and writing everything and then the actors would have to kind of perform what was being said and they always sort of screwed things up. It kind of reminds me of that. You know what? Achievement unlocked. First time Carol Burnett's there ever it is. been mentioned. Yeah. On the totally, podcast. and only you, talk about only you two would get it. So, uh, so Rogue Legacy, uh, Stan, the Parable of Stanley. What was it called? Stanley's Stanley Parable. Stanley's Bad Date. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stanley's Bad Date. I would also put Tim Conway on the tournament bracket again, <laughs> <laughs> except for the dwarf. Except for the dwarf stuff. Yeah, I he wasn't not, good as dwarf. No, no. The, the dwarf was terrible. Yeah, but on the yeah. show, he was great. Yeah. yeah. What was what, seriously? What was it called again? It's a it's the a Stanley Steam, Parable, and it's a Steam game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, you got to check pro- it out. I promise I'll follow more closely after this. <laughs> no, we will check it out. So I those see are your two picks. Those are great. So that's Twitter it. Any, anything else? Well, I, I've, oh, my God. So many. Well, Saints Row 4 could have been in there. I that, think was that, was, yeah, that, that was discussed. Yeah, that came up. That was Roger. No, we, we shouldn't oh, say who it oh, is. Yeah, what are you doing? Sorry. Spoiler alert. It's so weird that. because it was yesterday, but it's tomorrow. Or then it's the, you know, it's the future. It's so weird. Okay. So Saints Row 4, you like that game. I did. I love that okay. game. I mean, you know, is it better than Grand Theft Auto V? No way in terms of its kind of scope and what it does. But that game was so much stupid fun. And I've, that's one of those games that you'll go back to and play. You know, you play it for a while, you review it, you think it's cool, and then you kind of ignore it for a month. Then you pop it back in and you're like, there's so much still going on in this game that's fun to do. So it's- those would be in your bracket then? Those I would. I, I would. Well, I don't know. I would keep going. I mean, okay. I don't remember. I don't remember what I chose. Um, it, or, or what I what I would have picked that you guys didn't pick. Well, tell us what um, your game of the year would be based on all the titles that you played this year. Well, I, I you know I I'm I'm still sorting that out. I got to be honest with you. It takes a long time to kind of get to the bottom of of that. But I, I would say it's it's really a maybe a a three or four horse race for me. So here are my here are my four top games. I'm okay. going to just leave it there. Okay. I would say Tomb Raider for me. Um, which I know that Scott, uh, you guys were a little bit cooler on. No, than I, was. I, I, I had a blast with it. I, I love that she becomes this Terminator at the end of the game. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how violent she is. At, you by, by the have end a of blast it. with everything. I have a lot of fun so, in my life. There's lots you know, of blasting. I know. Well, I mean, you don't have any, so I have to take all of the fun. No, and have I have blasts when the blasts are appropriate. <laughs> okay. All right, we've established it. <laughs> anyway, you, you have mini blasts. Okay, Tomb Raider is one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Terrific okay. pick. I'm going to put Tomb Raider there. I'm also going to put. Uh, the Legend of Zelda on the 3DS. I had a I mean, blast with that game. Blast number two. That's the second blast of today's podcast. Two blasts. Yep. Double blast. I mean, that game was so good. That game was so good. I I wanted everybody to play it. I remember, Vic, you were in New York. Yep. Yep. I had a, I had a spare code for that game. You're running around going to the PlayStation event. I unfortunately couldn't go because of this uh, baby that showed up at my house that I have How to take care of for the next 10 years. I know. It's a real drag. He yep. real, Seriously, he ruined my life. But... <laughs> Well, now you can uh, take it out on him for the rest of his. I know. It's good. It's, turned, it's definitely gone to my favor because I'm bigger than him. So I, he has to do what I say. It's awesome. I, I've never – this is, I guess, what it's like for Jose to work with me. Like, no matter what I do, he knows he could just beat the shit out of me. And then I have to do what he says. I finally get a taste of that. It feels good, guys. It feels good. Um, so, so Zelda, I was so excited about that game that, you know, Vic's running around New York and we're talking about it. He's like, so bummed that we're not hanging out. I'm like, I know, but I'm playing Zelda. And he's like, I don't have my code. I don't have it yet. Yeah. So I, I gave you a up. code. Yeah. I know. And, and I was, it was one of those games that you just want everybody, as you're playing it, yeah. you want everybody else to be playing it so you can talk to them about it. I, and not only that, but you want everybody to get the damn gold 3DS because it's like... A, no, it's, really only you need that. I, it's such a beautiful <laughs> oh homage to the, to the Jesus whole Christ. franchise. Though I love it, it's like the, the game plays on any 3DS. I know, but it's just like, and it's the so 2DS. Perfect. All right, it's the it's the perfect marriage right. of game and console. So, right. Scott, so he, had, he had a blast with the gold. I had a blast with that gold right. 3DS, yes, man. I've seen it. You hold it in front of my face, and I have to roll my eyes. And yes, it hurts from all the eye rolling. I have to do. Listen, I that's know. two games that you mentioned yep. so far. What's the third? Well, my third is Grand Theft Auto V, and it, okay. it, I hate myself that I say that because I feel like I, I, I appreciate the game more than I like it. You yeah. know, like I, I play it. one game of the year at VGX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did, Don't and I think that like makes it. sense. You know, it's 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 the biggest game of the year, and I think it's easy to make the case for why it's... It's the most you know, important game of, of our industry this year, you know? Well, I think it is for the, for its sales, but yeah. I would argue that my, my last pick, The Last of Us, is actually the most important game that came out this year because right. of, I think, what that game has done with 
you know, we're we're always we're always wrestling with where gaming stands compared to film and television, and we're always trying to get respect, and we're arguing. I hate that argument. I, I don't I don't buy into it, but I think when games like The Last of Us come out. It, it 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 really plants a flag in the sand in a different way than Grand Theft Auto V, which says you know we can sell billions of copies and be this big big you know blockbuster thing. The Last of Us says we can actually have emotional heft. We can you know kind of toy with with your experience, with your emotions as you're playing it. We can make you feel uncomfortable. We can make you feel like a hero. We can make you feel like all these things in ways that you're not going to get out of other out of other media. And I think The Last of Us captured that. Guys, you know what? I, I wish I lived in the world where the sales numbers for The Last of Us and GTA V would flip-flop. Right. That is the gaming world I, I that think, I wish uh, we lived in. I think The Last in. of Us did really well, though. And I, like, did pretty well. Yeah, do, do you follow any of that GTA stuff, man? Five. Like, do you, I mean, have, I, do you know how many copies it sold? Did it sell as much as the Un- Uncharted uh, games? Uh, you know, I don't have them on the on you know on the right tip of my tongue of or anything. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. If, I, if you Shut guys would have given papers. me, a, I needed to, <laughs> I needed some sort of I, I needed some sort of syllabus can, for our. Can you can you call Michael Pactor? Right, we'll wait. Call your yeah, secretary. I, if only if only we had access to some sort of uh, you know web thing that could give us information at our fingertips. <laughs> that would be awesome. That that the that, Last of so. Us doesn't have a bigger audience. You know, that's the game that I wish more people were exposed to I than GTA Five. It's you know? pretty remarkable. It's, it's not as an, an exclusive as on a, one platform. You know, from a media standpoint, though, it's not right. an easy story to tell either. Right. I mean, right. it's it's a more abstract, deeper, emotional, more, more you know, more well, I think indie it, experience. It's probably hit as as deeply as uh, the Walking Dead as a TV show has, you know? I, I, well, I think it's not fair to really compare it to either the, to Grand Theft Auto or The Walking Dead because those are franchises that have established, they've dug their roots in. The Last of Us is a new IP, and it was only on the PlayStation 3. Grand Theft Auto was a multi-platform game, so sales are going to be reflected in that as well. Yeah, so I, th- I, I think the, the Last of Us hit like five or six million copies, man. I think it is not a, uh, it's not a small game. I think it's a, it's a movement now. You I'm know? not saying it's a small game, and yeah. I'm not saying it's a flop. I'm just saying I wish that it had the exposure that right. GTA 5 does. I wish right, more right. people could see it and yeah. enjoy and appreciate what it's about because uh, because that is a special game. Yeah, GTA 5 is 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 a marvel and yeah. there's so much work and effort and energy and I admire the engineering of it but it doesn't feel special to me. Well, it also feels like you could guess that game. You could guess the choices. Yeah, if I had to imagine yeah. GTA 5, I could imagine it. I had no idea where I was going with The Last of Us, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Ben, have you been... Uh, congratulations on the birth of your son, by the way. Yeah, tell we us, a- what was the birth like? Thank you. First of all, What's thank you, sound? guys. Uh, I don't know. Is there, is there a siren I in the background? Siren, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just what it's like when you have babies around. Are you it's burning toast? Alarms. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got, no, thank you guys for uh, for congratulating me on getting a girl pregnant. I know it's pretty awesome, yeah. and it's a very right hard there. thing to do. Done. You're so virile. I did. Just talking I to you, Vic and I are pregnant now. Yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty awesome. I got it. One day I'll tell you guys how it happened when I actually had the sex. Because it, it was go under really, blankets? Oh. Yeah, you, you, you guys know you get to put We don't talk about sex with girls on this show. Okay. Uh, yeah, only, only with uh, between men and Wookies. <laughs> yeah. No, but congrats, man! Yeah, You're seriously. a dad. How, How do you it, feel? Uh, yeah, what's, what's uh, it yeah? Like? I feel. Um, did you guys ever see Apocalypse? You guys saw a movie called Apocalypse Now. Did you yeah, ever see that yeah, movie? Yeah. Where Martin Sheen comes out of the water? You feel like yeah, no, you feel like remember, Mar- like Marlon Brando. Yeah, the hotel scene. That's kind of what it's like every night. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just I'm covered in blood. I'm crawling <laughs> on the floor. Oh, I've got sheets wrapped around me. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I think my child, his name is Sam. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys, his name is Sam. Yeah. Sam, to me, in this analogy, is the Viet Cong. And 
my wife is Colonel Kurtz because <laughs> I think she's the only one with any semblance of control. Whereas the, the, me and the child are just like totally crying all the time. Oh man. Now, can I share a, a, a text that you sent to me a little earlier today, describing what you were doing last night while we were having our holiday party? Sure. Are you <laughs> go sure? Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This all is right. kind of like a poem that you, you sent him. Yeah, it I is did. a little. He, he says, I'm, I'm so jealous of all the reviews on the run group pictures. Last night I played NBA 2K14 for a while, and I ate a super burrito, and I wiped yellow shit off the sofa. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing for about 10 minutes. Ah, fatherhood. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. wait guys, to join was, you guys. That was the night before, too, and it was also the night before that. That's, yeah. that's just what I do I think Peggle 2 was the night before, right? <laughs> that's true. I just switch up the game. Occasionally the shit turns colors. It went from green to yellow. Hopefully it'll be brown tonight because that's a lot more fun. But. <laughs> Well, we have a lot of people that miss you on the show, man. We have a lot of people asking where you are and what's oh, been going on with you. There was a Blow and Clams reference yesterday. Yeah. It came from Jose, uh, a little shout-out to Ben Silverman. Yeah. I don't know if it made it in the final edit. You know how Rob Koval is. Yeah. Hatchet Man yep. cuts everything out. That's what, that's what he's so, known So, uh, yeah, you were very much here in spirit. Yeah. I am so thrilled to hear that uh, that a blowing Clams reference made it. I don't even know if everybody knows what that's about. It's a Buddy Rich, uh, an old jazz drummer, a great line. You can look it up on the internet, listeners of the podcast. I Googling it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Google that. But I'm glad to hear that Jose actually learned something from me from the many years that I've been uh, trying to teach I him. I think you've been a great culture yeah, you for have. him. Yeah. I, th- I mean, he's been following your workout tapes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Look at, do you believe what he looks like now? That's that's the game of 2013. We, we have to fire him because now he's the best looking guy in the show. So that he's done. That's right. Yeah. That, then so he was great. Well, then Victor Lucas. But we liked him as the jolly fat guy. Then so Sean Hatton. Gone. Yeah, it's yeah. like Jonah Hill, right? He's totally got a Jonah Hill thing going on. Or Jack Black. Like yeah, when those yeah. guys lose weight, not so great anymore. Yeah, so I'm, totally. I'm trying to get Jose to eat some super burritos himself. Right. It on are you at work now? Are you able to? Uh, are you like? You are you back freely? at Yahoo Games or are you, like? <laughs> What are you doing now? Is you, are you just home still with, uh, you know, being a, being yeah, a new dad? paternity leave. Paternity leave? Yeah, I, that... I imagine Yahoo's got a pretty liberal paternity yeah. leave policy. Yeah, I, I took a little bit of, of paternity leave. I left for a little bit. Uh, but it was right when this, this baby arrived in the, like, two days before the Xbox One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which meant, or sorry, two days before the PlayStation 4, which meant I was out for the launch of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Yeah. Um, which is it's just weird. F- it was weird for us too because they had them at the same time, and we were at launch parties and stuff, and none of us were home. And I think that's true about the whole game business. Yeah, you know? nobody was home to play these things as they were hitting, and and the fervor was building because people kept having these events all over the place. Well, that was one of the cynical stories that came out of the events was all the embargoes were lifting while everyone had been flown away to various uh, exotic locations. <laughs> it was weird. So the reviews were like, "How are we going to get these reviews out? We're at our exotic location." Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was actually in a hospital the entire time, like trying to get updates. Like, is it did is the PlayStation Four out? Did it actually get out on time? Like, yeah. I had no idea if anything was showing up at the office or at my house. I was like, you know, had people coming by to check the mail. Like, if you see a giant package with like PlayStation branding on it, please don't leave it on the porch. Like, yeah. put it in the house, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm still playing catch up. I'm still like trying to like the blue pulsating light of death on the PlayStation 4. Like I'm just learning about all that stuff now. Like I'm just now. I know about this. Yeah. Are your it? machines working? There's there there were issues with some of the PS4 launch mm-hmm. consoles and some no, of the Xbox yeah. One consoles. My PS4 was a piece of shit. Didn't work. It didn't. It was, no, it had wow. issues. 
the light was I had a blue light and uh, and I, I I had no signal on my television and I had a stack of like twenty games. Oh, like, this is um, most of them you could play worse. on the PS3 though. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't play Flower Guys. What was I supposed? Oh, to? <laughs> so what happened? Did did Sony fix everything? Yeah, they did. They were they were actually really great. And I got to say, Sony, uh, considering how I think crappy they were leading up to the launch of their system and just in terms of and no one was ready that new york event got slapped together i think so many people were kind of frustrated that they had to fly to new york to play this thing at a review event and come home with the console it's such an awkward way to review something and to, I, uh, but i actually kind of liked the uh you know and i i saw some of jeff's coverage of the playstation 4 launch and stuff like that on spike i like the event of it you know it feels like this was a year where, I mean, obviously, look at the sales. People were really, really excited to get back into the console game this year, you know? And I, I feel that it was weird and it was totally different than it's ever been, but I think it was, it, you know, went off pretty well. It was pretty, it's been exciting to get these machines out, you know, out the door and into people's homes and stuff. And, you know, the games could be better for sure, but it's great to have new machines. It's awesome. But did it feel weird sitting in a giant hotel in New York with like a million Sony people like yeah, staring was, at you playing their weird. machine? But I've done I've done review events like that, like Halo Three. I was at Bungie playing the game beside all the the other journalists and stuff. We've all done that kind of thing. It, it is weird when it's that much information, and then you know right. a week later there's another one coming. That is that's the strange thing about it. I mean, the problem with all of these console. I mean, for me is I I don't really know what anything's worth unless I live with it yeah. for 72 hours, for 2 weeks, it's for true. a month. I don't know how well things are yeah. going to work, you know, how, I don't know how it's going to fit into my life until I get it home. So yeah. going to this rarefied environment and looking like I I'm never a fan of that. That said, we got to make a lot of TV. We got to weigh in and with opinions true, yeah. early and often, but the those opinions are I mean, I think everyone understands this are they're, they're always shifting. in flux. Totally. You know, and, and and from day to day and depending on on the software cycle, I still don't the, the biggest flaw from both launches is I still don't know why we still just accept the fact that every launch is going to have bullshit titles. I mean, yeah. we've been doing this for so long. I mean, the medium's 60 years old now. Like, why can't we have better launch titles at this point? Why are the games just a titch better yeah. than the previous generation? And we just say, I think we'll accept was, that. I think there's been a lot of... Knack looks like a PS2 game, for uh, God's yeah, sakes. Yeah, I know. You know? But yeah. there, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, people sort of banding around the fear of consoles fading away. And I think a lot of people were hedging their bets. They wanted to see how these things would sell before they would launch. And there were so many studios closed in the last generation. And a lot of them, you know, were attempting to be out in that first year with games. And that that screwed them up right away. Remember Factor 5? They were amazing. They were an incredible company. They made, made that shitty flying dragon. They made Lair, yeah, and that terrible. and it was a launch PlayStation Three game. I and you kept trying to love it because they, they they finally yeah. you, as you always like you keep trying to love me. It's been almost ten years yeah, now. I know, but <laughs> one day, you know. But I remember when they integrated the motion controls for the PlayStation Three. You're like, I got to play Lair again. I got to try this. Oh, out when, and see when if they it works. put it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. When they took the, the motion because they made it motion control only oh, to begin, and, and then okay. they gave you uh, dual stick control finally, and it what improved the game immensely. But it killed the friend. It killed the company. 
you know, like that's heartbreaking. And I think there were so many lessons learned in the last gen that people were really, really nervous. And now there are a lot less studios in the world, as we know, ready well, yeah, that, you that hope, are capable of this. You would hope that that, I mean, if there's any silver lining to there being fewer studios, is you would hope that would have been reflected in how these launch lineups were handled. And I think what what's happened over the years, as Scott brings up, you know, why won't they learn their lesson? What's happened is not only have they not learned their lesson about releasing crappy launch games, but they've increased the number of crappy launch games that get released now. Yeah. You have these lists of 20 games, 20, like 22 yeah, games or something. Games, yeah. And you look back on the Super Nintendo, that had like Super Mario World and I think F-Zero and like Pilot Wings or something like that yeah. was it. For like and, three years. <laughs> and that was all you needed. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Super Mario World was, Amazing. you know, yeah. and Super Mario 64 carried the N64 for like, yeah, for like three until GoldenEye came out or whatever. Like, yeah, but, like I, that's I agree. all you needed for a long time was just like one pack-in monster game I and agree. that was sort of did it for you but now it's like they've got to give us instead of one killer pack-in game they give us 30 kind of mediocre games and mm-hmm. I don't like it I, I agree well they're they're all in competition with their previous machines still there's still life in PS3 and Xbox 360 and they're in competition with this era of apps as well you know and I think that they have to come out, out of the gate with this suite of different products that they can appeal to to this very fragmented audience with and it's it's a really complicated time to be launching these kinds of things and there was a lot of skepticism about the value and the and the necessity of of these machines but God damn, I mean, these things are selling like crazy. And I think they're going to be huge, yeah, but you huge, know successful hits at, at Christmas. than getting a new console or a new piece of technology, yeah. getting it home and then having nothing to do with it. And that's what I feel like I live with two supermodels now who won't fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just look at it. I watch them sleep all the time. That's well, all I do. I'm sorry for swearing. I, I, I I'm swore. playing NBA 2K14 on both machines because I bought it twice because I'm an idiot. But I, 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 I love the damn game. I know you do, Buddy. And you and had a blast playing it. I had a blast, and <laughs> and I'm blast. having a blast with uh, Assassins, and I'm okay. having a blast with Lego Marvel. So I think if people have made the shift over, there's still lots of good they've stuff. Got, to play. Yeah, they've got lots of games they can buy on other systems. Yeah, <laughs> they do. And that was the same thing with the Wii U launch as well. It was all yeah. Let's let's talk about stuff. Nintendo. Then uh, weigh in a little bit with some uh, some perspective on where Nintendo stands right now from your point of view. Well, I mean, you know, there there are two Nintendos. There's the Nintendo who releases games like Legend of Zelda and Super Mario 3D World, and then there's the Zelda, or then there's the Nintendo that we have to deal with for the other 11 months of the year, who just can't seem to get their shit together. And I, I you know, I I, I want to love Nintendo. I, I, you know, so many people I think feel like game critics and reviewers are either in love with Nintendo or can't stand Nintendo. Like we can't be in the middle on it. We have to either be like, we grew up in Nintendo and therefore, you know, they're like mother's milk to us. Or we have to be like, we hate Nintendo. They're stupid. They won't put out great games. And and, and we're on one side of the fence. I don't think that's true at all. I think most of us have some sort of great history and memory with this uh, company because they've been the most important gaming company arguably ever, you know? If they've saved the yeah, industry, saved the business. Here. Yeah, yeah. Them, yeah. For sure. they've saved us over and over again. Yeah. So I think I think you know I'm rooting for them, but I, I still don't understand um, what their problem is getting games out in a timely fashion because I think that's still what this boils down to. I mean, the Wii U isn't a just a terrible system. I don't think it's a great system. I think it's a system that just is dying for software and just doesn't have enough. And yeah, you, know, you look at this year. I, someone asked me this year, like they had they bought a Wii U. 
A friend of mine bought a Wii U last year, not on my recommendation, but they, they bought a Wii U. When they went over your head. <laughs> right. They did not call me first and they bought a Wii U and, uh, and asked me, hey, you know, uh, you know, what should I put on my list for, you know, my girlfriend wants to know what I, what I want for the Wii U and I don't know what I want. So what do I want? And, uh, and I was like looking over the list of releases this year. I came up with three games. I mean, three, three games. Lego City Undercover, Pikmin 3. And Super Mario 3D World. That, that was all I was like, those are the best games, I think, that, that have come out this year. And that's it. And that's a year. And that's it's, crazy. You're, it's funny because, you know, I mentioned the other consoles, the new consoles being like supermodels. Living with the Wii U is like living with an illiterate man who's been in a logging accident. <laughs> <laughs> you just feel bad for it. And you, you, you just stroke it every now and then. Oh, come on. Come on. I, mean, no, come, like, I know. Does, I know, your, does your friend know, have a 360 or a PS3? <laughs> Uh, the, the person who asked me about the Wii U, yeah, uh, yeah, of course they do, but they, they're 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 trying to get into that. They bought the Wii U and they okay. want to know what what they're supposed to you know play for it. And I'm, you know, they don't want to play games that are out on other systems. I think that you know. Okay, all right, okay. Well, the, that, the that would be my that would be my games. argument about uh, about the Wii U is that there are great ports of other games from other <laughs> did machines. Did they make Assassins Four for it? Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Yeah, and, but the other thing about Nintendo is the backwards compatibility and the eShop stuff. That was pre- pretty impressive to launch. I mean, they have more work to do for sure. And you know, let's talk about the 3DS. I mean, that's the console. That's, that's incredible. That Nintendo's having yeah. the most success. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I'm saying there's two yeah. Nintendos because yeah. there's the Wii U Nintendo, who is a kind of disaster, and there's the 3DS Nintendo, and you're like, you know, amazed by the quality of these games. I mean, Fire Emblem was amazing. Yeah, Animal an, Crossing. They was had an great. amazing year on that machine on the 3DS. They had so many good games, and it really it doesn't take much, right? Like if you if you can get your console to have something killer, like one product every month or month and a half, you're rocking. And it seems like these companies have a real time hitting, uh, you know, a schedule like that. And I think that's when, like, even a two month delay or a three month delay gets everybody riled up. It gets us all in fever mode, you know. And it, and you're right, Ben. I mean, the th- the, the the Wii U is capable of of hot gaming i mean super mario 3d world underlines that in a big way it's one of the best things that was released this year but we need more stuff right it's a pipeline problem i just and they yep. even say that over and over again you hear reggie or Awada saying well we've identified our problem is we can't get enough games out on time and if yeah. you look at the last couple years they've said that every year like three or four times over the course of the year like we've identified our problem guys we're not getting games out enough on time so, so we're gonna so what is know. the solution if if the message coming from the industry isn't that we are hiring up so that we have more developers working in the pipeline and we're encouraging more teams to take these AAA uh, risks and build properties that are going to, you know, be these huge mammoth productions that push our medium forward. I mean, is that happening? Is, or are developers looking at, the, at, at all of these issues and all of our complaints and all of this stuff and they're saying, screw that, I'm going to go make uh, no, uh, no Man's Sky with three of my buddies? Well, I think I think that's you've you've hit the nail on the head by saying that you know games like No Man's Sky you know manages to steal the show at the VGX Awards in the face of Destiny and these I mean these other massive games. Yeah, it you don't have to spend that money. You don't have to go big like that. And when you look at what they do over on Steam, when you look at you know the, the two games I talked about before, Rogue Legacy and The Stanley Parable, those were not expensive games made yeah. by very very small teams and some of the best experiences of the year. I think Nintendo suffers a little bit from from not 
really getting that so well and and they've done a better job i think in recent years you know with uh games like little inferno when they launched the wii u they had a couple indie games that were kind of cool um but there there are games coming from every corner of the industry now there are more games coming out than you know what to do with and i don't think you just need those big triple a franchises uh to carry you all the time anymore i think and the other problem i was going to bring up with nintendo is When's the last time they introduced a new franchise? I mean, yeah. what what yeah. kid is playing Super Mario? What right. kid mm. wakes up going, "I like Mario"? That's and why isn't and Nintendo locking down a company like Hello Games and saying, "Nope, we uh, want you to publish exclusively for our machine"? I mean, that they have the coffers, they have this issue of needing games. Why not source some of these people out and and make them an offer that they can't refuse, like they did with Retro? You know, I, I absolutely. I mean, they're doing it with Bayonetta. You know, they're they're trying to do it with 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 some like really hardcore yeah. properties. But but I think Nintendo needs to look at what Pixar does, which is they manage to create, you know, brand new essential franchises like every year. Or two. Right, right. They, and and, that's, and Ninten- Nintendo's a, a, a character factory that's that an, stopped churning out characters. That's an awesome analogy because Nintendo is, con- you know, compared to Disney all the time, but Disney really fell on and rested on their laurels. They kept making oh, Donald decades, Duck and yeah. Mickey Mouse and Pluto and Ran the Goofy. Place into the ground. And we don't know those characters anymore. And then Pixar had this opening, this doorway to come through with all of their line of characters. And they were, you know, pretty much refused, except for Cars 2, to make sequels. Actually, Finding Nemo 2 is Planes now coming. Two. Oh, Monsters, that's, Monsters University. And Monsters. But Planes is actually a Disney thing. That had nothing to do with Pixar. But, you know, for a long time, at least, they had this... Um, this artistic aspiration to kind of introduce original IP on a on a regular basis, and I, you know, I think we always say this about Nintendo, but I, I think that's true. I, I think you know, if you if you look at any of the the pipeline issues, the only way that these companies are going to save, you know, that that audience base and 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 sort of turn things around is if they start to come up with new original things and employ. New teams. Yeah, Nintendo's kind of like uh, an old Hollywood star who's been uh, wearing a bad toupee for right. years or decades. But we just kind of are—it's so we're it's so enamored of the star but, that we just pretend that it's not a toupee. But if you play 3D World, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's true. But if you play 3D World, it's like oh. I, I would say that definitely more so with the 2D Mario games that we've been playing, which do feel like they, they're 30-year-old gameplay designs. But 3D World is really it's clever. It's so long in the tooth, though. But like it's I, it's fun. But it's not, just effortlessly why enjoyable. Why not go to Retro, or why not go to Next Level and say, you know, here's $50 million. Make something we've never seen before. Yes. Blow my mind. I think mind. they have yeah, to do or, that. Or, or take, take the ideas of Super Mario and stop putting Mario and Luigi in the same four fucking characters in it and put a new character in it. Like, yeah, you're going to jump yeah. around, and uh, how about just give me a new character to look at when I yeah. jump around? I am so tired of seeing Mario's fat ass. Yeah. I have, like, stared at his and fat ass. Toad yeah. doesn't cut it. 30 years. And Toad, Toad is a Toad non-character. Toad does not He's cut it. He's a non-starter. But you can right. play as yeah. him. I don't want to play as Toad. Is Toad a boy? Toad is a boy? Do we have know. clarification on Toad being a boy? I don't I think know. Toad has both. Is Toad has both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that, is, that is so <laughs> So what do you see well, for 2014? Let's talk about the future. Because you've been in this business for almost as long as Vic has at this point. Almost 20 years, right? Jesus, yes. Yeah. I don't want to, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can I t- actually, can I, can I tell you something that makes me feel really old? I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, this week, 
Doom turned 20. Yeah, that's amazing. 20 years old. That makes me feel... I played that game in college. I'm dating myself. I played that game in college uh, when it came out. And I actually, I have a good Doom story. Can I tell you a really quick Doom story? Oh my God, yeah. yeah, I love Doom stories. Welcome to Doom stories with Big Scott and Ben. (laughs) (laughs) You've never heard this Doom story. This might be the first time anyone in the world has heard this Doom story. This is a this is a scoop. It's a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I went to the University of California at Berkeley, which oh, is also Mr. called Fancy. Yeah, yeah. Right. James Cameron Cal. In helicopter past the ganja. That's right. That's all we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we did. Everybody ganja one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. Bong making two hundred and one. That's all we did. Bong all making. Right. Okay. What, That's right. what happened? Right. Get to the tube. <laughs> Okay, so it, when I was at Cal, they uh, the first year I was there, uh, sort of as I started, they started this uh, new program called the Decal Process. Uh, sorry, the Decal Program, which stood for the Democratic Education at Cal, and these were classes taught by students, which is a crazy idea. But you would actually get credit taking a class taught by a student under the kind of tutelage of a professor. And uh, these classes were always ridiculous. It was like, I think they still have it now. That's bong making 301. (laughs) They had, uh, I mean, they still have it now. You can take like a Harry Potter class. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'll that'll be useful. Mm So when they launched this, one of the classes they had, I took a bunch of these. I took like a 70s film class. I took a, um, you know, like a kind of weird gaming class. And then I took a class on B movies. And uh, it was awesome. We watched all these old sort of, uh, you know, Russ Meyer films and Roger Corman, and uh, it was a it was a great class. It was really fun. And the final, at the very end of the year, we had to create our own B movie. We had to actually go out and film a B movie. And that was, you know, if you did it and it was okay, you passed the class, you That's got credits. Great. If Do not, you still have a copy of that because that I, would work on our show. I, it's on VHS. <laughs> I have it on VHS. Mine was called Bike Man. It was about a, a superhero who rode a bike. Um, and I, I, we don't need to talk about that anymore. But this is why this is this. Hey, I'm, I'm getting to the point here. The point here is there was another guy in the class, a guy by the name of Christian. Uh, and I don't remember anything else about him except his name was Christian. And he made a movie. His movie was called Dumb Shit Melvin. <laughs> and this is what happened in Dumb Shit Melvin. A guy is playing Doom in his bedroom. This is in like 1994. So this is right after this. Everyone knows what Doom is. Everyone is, we're basically losing our lives to Doom over and over again. And that's the premise for the film. So this guy is sitting in his bedroom playing Doom and his father screams at him to come downstairs for dinner. But he's like, okay, I'll come down. And then he doesn't go down and he continues to play the game. And his father screams at him again and he's yelling at his father, I'll be down in a minute. And he keeps playing the game. And then his father comes upstairs and opens the door and threatens him. And the guy beats the shit out of his father. And that's the entire movie. <laughs> and when he beats the shit out of his father, he like, I mean, it's over, way over the top, like blood, gore, you know, gory, terrible B-movie. He like, I think he comes on him at one, but it was just re- totally oh, ridiculous. Totally disgusting, God. totally his hilarious, totally uncomfortable. And here's the great part about it. Yep. The guy who played the kid who was playing Doom is John Romero. Oh my wow. God. Holy I know crap. it's John Romero. John Romero starred in a movie playing a guy playing Doom who gets so upset and he's so aggro playing Doom that he kills his father. So and that's God. out there in the world right now. So, Someone's wow. got a copy it's of it. It's got to be on YouTube somewhere, right? It's not. No, you can't find it anywhere. I, I've tried to track it down. Well, we have and to get John on the on the podcast, man. We you have, do. You, he. That's hilarious. Holy crap! Man, that's we right. have to Dumb see shit that movie. Melvin. 
Dumb shit, Melvin. Dumb shit. Look at your maybe. Some Holy crap! Did did uh, did you meet Romero back then? Uh, I knew who he was when I when I saw the movie in class. I watched this thing, and I kind of thought like that looks like the guy that I saw on the cover of I don't know what game magazine, EGM or whatever the hell was out at the time. So, and I was like, like, what was the story? Did he was he friends with him or how did? Yeah, he I guess him? he grew up with him and Christian grew up together, and uh, and he Christian just had this crazy idea. Like this was people were giving Doom a lot of shit at the time. It was starting to kind of become a controversial game. Sure. So he sort of made this very tongue in cheek very astute reference to violence in video games and real world violence. I mean, this is in 94 in a student film yeah. and, and somehow convinced John to do it. I mean, that would never, no one would do that these days. No, no game no, creator no. would be in something like that. No. And, uh, and so I remember years later, I interviewed John Romero for a Daikatana thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we have to laugh every time we say Daikatana. Daikatana thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a Daikatana story actually. Yeah. I'm still oh, John yes. Romero's bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and I did, I asked him about it and he, he got like a big grin on his face and was like, you saw that movie? And I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I'm like, do you have a copy? And he said, I, somewhere I do. And, uh, that's awesome. uh and that's it. So I know that he, he's, he remembers it. He knows what he did. He hopefully has a copy and hopefully you can get your hands on it. Cause I would love to see it. Again. Oh my God. That's amazing. He is a wisened veteran now, man. He's done every damn thing, <laughs> but oh, he's uh, ups and downs. Oh God. And he's reinvented himself all, more times than chair. All of those Dallas guys. And it's crazy that, you know, it's 20 years for doom and Carmack leaves it this year too know. you know it's insanity yeah. what's happening in the business it's so there's so much change it's it's like uh earthquake level changes I, happening thank god we're not in a basement oh actually we we, we are in we a are but listen yeah i i'm thank you you promised a great doom story and you delivered that was amazing now I, i've got a quick daikatana story oh my god a quick we one go. because we uh, we never know, have time for dyke we're all out of time today everybody well, i was <laughs> You know, like IDOS was was all about spending a ton of money on that game, as we remember. Um, we were the only TV show covering stuff back then, so we went to we went to uh, Ion Storm in Dallas while they were building it, and it was the most expensive property in Dallas, and they were incredibly proud of it. It was a penthouse in the most expensive building in the in the center of the city and they took three or four floors or two or three floors and they were putting in movie theaters and a motion capture stage and they had uh, you know pool tables and ping pong tables and a bar and uh, you know just like beanbag hangout places I mean it was just incredible and did they have foosball did they have a foosball they team? had a, they had everything you could imagine they had this a was kitchen with a refrigerator with drinks in it yeah no but it was <laughs> it was so ostentatious man it was unbelievable my head exploded and and Romero and uh, and uh, uh, Mike Wilson. Uh, walked me around because he was there then and oh I met God. the whole team like all of these guys that ended up uh, you know there's I'm, I'm sure a lot of friction and a lot of anger and a lot of weird um, angry awful stuff happened through the course of that you know devolution of that studio but that was that was mind-blowing but I will say this Romero was a total sweetheart and he uh, he was you know obviously trying to come down off of all of the uh, uh, the negative stuff that happened after that stupid ad that ran, and he, I think, was very apologetic about all of that stuff and, and learned some pretty uh, big lessons. 
Uh, but there was, yeah, massive egos, massive budgets. It was crazy. They tried like hell to crash the industry a second time. Yeah. They tried. They really did. They really, they really did. But the flip of it was visiting Ion Storm Austin, which we did on that exact same trip. We traveled the three hours down to Austin, and uh, and that was Warren Spector's team. And they were working on Deus Ex, and they were just in a, a shithole. They were just in like in a, like a you know, basic... Uh, you know, tech sector kind of hovel kind of thing. Nothing fancy, really crapped out old couches and stuff and crappy desks and everything. And they're making one of the classic video games of all time, you know, and it was really revelatory. Oh, guys, I feel deal. inadequate. So here's my Quake story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a business. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's so yeah. different now. And, and uh, we, we're trying to help out Nintendo on this podcast. How is that? Yeah. How, what's happening? So it sounds like you're still managing to get in a fair amount of gaming, even though you are uh, getting your super burritos done and you're, you're a dad now. And you're loving NBA 2K14? Uh, yeah, I am actually. Well, I'm liking it. It's been breaking. They've been having problems with NBA 2K14. Yeah, There's always online connection problems. Yeah, I know. And the uh, the sharing is borked on both of the games, on on PS4 and on Xbox One. I'm this not is the new audio. world. The new world we live in, where you buy a video game and you play it, and it breaks like 15 times, and you're like, oh, it only broke 15 times. That's yeah, pretty good. It's I know. To break 20 times. And, you know? Which again, you know, underlines the value of Grand Theft Auto 5 and and uh, well, that had a well, broken online thing. Tons of online. But, yeah. Okay, then Mario. I mean, you go back to Mario, and it's well, like, well, this is a bulletproof piece of software. You go it's back pretty to fun. Super Mario World for the and, and SNES. I don't think it ever crashed in the history yeah. of just yeah, and ever. You could download that on your Wii U. Perfect. You know, yeah, games are big and complicated. I know. I get it. Yes, yes. We, we need to solve it, though. I mean, I don't think The Last of Us launched with all of those issues. You know, and that that was a game that that uh, definitely changed and challenged us in a big way. You know, like that. It, there weren't complaints about that. You know, look look at the stuff about Battlefield 4 and there was glitches in Batman Arkham Origins. Look, I mean, look at this year we've had, though. We all, you know, looked at the iOS stuff as being sort of a bellwether for where we're going to go and yeah. I feel so ambivalent about it and I'm it feels so like the rest it. of the world does too. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened but it kind of just faded. Well, well it, there's, some, there's some great games. Did you play Device 6 or did you play... Uh, I guess it's just Device 6. Yeah. That was a really good game. <laughs> yeah, we played, we played, <laughs> Here comes the list. We played Kingdom Rush, and then we've been disappointed. We more of that. Yeah, and we, we've been disappointed with the controllers because they freed up the uh, the iOS 7 uh, Bluetooth configuration, and now we got we got our first iPhone controller, and it should have been amazing, and it was just like, meh. You know? Well, it's like you don't, you know, you, you don't really – it's weird because you want that. You think you want that. You're like, oh, if only I had a controller to play this shitty shooter on my <laughs> iOS device. And then you get a controller and you're like, what the fuck am I playing this on my iOS device? I should go play it on my television. shooter you know? yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I agree. I think the iOS thing is – it's. I mean it, it's just going to stay, I think, in its compartment and, and why you use it. You're going to use it when you're at the airport. But I don't know if they're going to change that into a, you know, a big living room experience. And now that we've got the new consoles, I agree, Vic. You know, I was really scared skeptical you know about the success of these consoles and how they're going to be but i i'm back on my couch i'm so excited to play these these yep. things even though the games kind of suck i keep turning them on i'm like i don't really want to play knack it's pretty bad but i keep trying it because i'm like well maybe there's something i'm supposed to like find in this that's amazing and next gen and um that's a bad example because i lied i'm not playing knack i'm playing <laughs> i'm playing uh, i'm playing some games on the xbox one but you know it's 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 exciting sitting in front of your TV again, you know, and and feeling like you know you you're gonna have a future doing this. Absolutely, and the Xbox One, as we uh, you know we said in the review, is a surprise. I really thought that that was just gonna come in like a like a screaming molten chunk of lava, you know, like it was just gonna be 
just so much des- uh, you know destruction when it landed because it just felt like they had such a huge uh, ask of the machine and of uh, you know our patients and they had so much to tell us about and it's actually cool like you you know a lot of the stuff is still kind of buggy and not not as fluid as you want it to be but it's pretty damn cool the stuff that it can do you know i'm shocked how much i use the connect voice commands yeah. considering how i would have you know a year ago told you i would never do that i would just want to use my remote control but having a baby it turns out is the key to needing to say things like Xbox, watch ESPN. Because what happens is my wife has been watching Lifetime and now I have the baby in my hand and the baby is shitting and doing whatever the baby's doing. And I don't know where the remote control is. And if I get up, I'm going to get shit all over me. So I've just got to scream things at my television. Like, Xbox, show me something awesome. Is the, the Hobbit. Xbox, is the Hobbit on? And then this, it just shows me the Hobbit. We definitely like, have to perfect. build a reality show around that. <laughs> we just have cameras of people yelling at their TV with their babies in their hands. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I talk more to my television now than I talk to the baby, I think. I still refuse to talk to the uh, Kinect. Do you? Yeah, it's actually sought counseling. It's like, he won't talk to me. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk anymore. We don't relate. You've got your, your, your cameras kind of tilting down, like uh, hanging the, its head. <laughs> yeah, the one time I had to me. do it was in Dead Rising where you had to yell for, at the zombies, and I felt so silly. Yeah. I'm just, hey! hey! Yeah. <laughs> what do I say? I know. Zombies! It is a new world. I want to hear actually from listeners that have bought the machine how much yelling at their Xbox. We they say do. every week we want to hear from listeners. We've never put a listener on the air. We've never. No, we no, but in the, in the comments or in the Twitters okay. or in the Facebooks, you know. <laughs> okay, we want to see your words. We want to. Yeah, you tell us, and and, uh, and we'll talk about it some more. Yeah. So what are you excited for, Ben? 2014, No Man's Sky, is that the only thing? I don't know. That No Man's Sky, I don't know, man. Why is everyone, I mean, it was a trailer. It was yeah. a trailer. So I, I don't know. I'm not, Titanfall. I mean, it looked neato, but yeah, Titanfall. We saw it at E3 and it was so awesome. And uh, I'm still excited to play it. I've cooled a little bit on it because I realize how shitty I am at first person competitive shooters. And I just know I'm going to get my ass wiped up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it looks really good. Uh, Destiny, of course, you know, I think is is incredibly ambitious and that looks really interesting watchdogs disappointed that didn't come out this year you i'm excited remember our visit to bungie last year oh yeah remember that was, when uh, that slide maybe. came up and and, he, and the, the guy said and uh and here are some exotic capes <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was the best part i, I, remember, oh I remember writing down in my notes dash exotic capes <laughs> <laughs> mark yeah, yeah. so watchdogs i'm sorry for interrupting keep going I don't know. I don't know what else is coming out. The what Division. The Division, right. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, do you think we're getting Uncharted next year, or is that going to be a 2015 game? I think 2015. that'll be 2015. Those guys take their time. Yeah. They take their time. I'm psyched about Infamous. That thing looks like the realization of what they've been building towards with that franchise. I can't wait for that game. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those games that, it's, I, you know, when I, when I envision myself playing it, I... I, when I envision myself getting it and like seeing the game box, I'm, I'm not that ex- enthused. I'm like, I've already done this. I've played it a bunch. But it's one of those games you pop it in, you start getting into it, and yeah. you know, five hours have gone by and you're yeah. not even real. You're collecting busy. orbs. Yeah, you're, no, right. you're trying to find the blue shards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. right. The, the crackdown, crackdown effect. Yeah. Um, have you got buds or, or are people in the game biz maybe that aren't, you know, journalists or whatever that have picked up these machines that are talking yeah, about it with you? one friend who just decided to go with the Wii U. He's out, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's done it again. Unfriend. Like, what are, what are your buddies talking about with these new machines? Are they buying them? 
No, nobody I know. I mean, I'm like the only, I'm the guy on the block with all the systems. Like nobody I know has been buying these things. And they're, they're selling. I mean, Microsoft today said they've sold two million yeah. uh, Xbox Ones in 18 days. PS4 did two million in two weeks, and uh, apparently people are buying them. But I, I literally I don't know anybody with them. everybody on my friends list are the same people that were on. There's like a handful of them who have Xbox Ones, and they're all journalists. Like I don't know any non-journalists right now who are playing these things but presumably that'll uptick when we get to christmas and maybe uh, you know at the beginning of the year more people will be playing them but i, I think it's a hard sell right now i think the, i mean especially the xbox one man that's a 500 hundred dollar rig it's not cheap and yeah and that's a lot of money you know for anything and then especially just a game console that isn't getting it doesn't have halo on it, it doesn't have some system seller yet and i think that's going to be a big a big uh, uh hurdle for a lot of my friends who are looking for just those big, those big titles. And even nobody's stopping by saying, hey, hey man, can I come in and play some Knack? <laughs> you got Peggle, you got Peggle too? <laughs> uh, Knack tournament league. Yeah. Have you played enough of them to, uh, I won't ask you which console you like better because that's, that's a loaded question, but uh, what about the controller? Uh, well, I think the DualShock is is spectacular. I think it's great. It's like everything I wanted. It just fits my hands great. I love the PlayStation 4 controller. I got to say, I think the PlayStation 4 is is surprising to me how um, how how much I like it as just a pure gaming system. And I I didn't realize I didn't really think of it that way because all these systems, you know, at E3 and even the run up to the launches, they felt like they were just going to be so top heavy with all these features and you got to share and you got a video and you got all these things that I don't want to do. I just want to play a video game. And the PS4 is streamlined. I think especially it's UI is streamlined in a way that makes it very easy to just jump in and do that. And then, yeah turn it off um so i I, i've i've been in i've been really impressed with the ps4 as as sort of an upgrade from the ps3 whereas the xbox one i think is 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 big and stupid and crazy and beautiful and there's moments where i really click with it and there's moments where i'm like i hate this this the front end is insane i don't know where i'm i never know where i'm going there's so many boxes there's so many boxes that's how i felt they gave me a demo here they they uh they took you know they had to travel around i'm sure they had to do this with everybody and they sat down journalists and and sat them in front of all of these tiles and i'm like my head just just hurts i don't know what's happening do you remember that one episode of the simpsons where uh homer's brother is danny devito and he runs a car factory and lets Homer build the car for, yeah. the, for every American. Yeah. And Homer builds this crazy car that has everything up. <laughs> it's kind of what the Xbox One is like. It's got this horn that's just like, ooh, God. Yeah. It does everything. But I am so, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to Microsoft for trying that, though. You know, I mean, like, I think it's cool that they're saying, you know what, let's see what, could, well, let's see how much stuff we can throw into this thing. Grateful to Microsoft. Well, I think it's cool. I think we need to be building, you know, lots of different ideas into this stuff. I think the Xbox One is, it just feels like it's going to fall apart at any second. It's like (laughs) the space shuttle on re-entry. It's Millennium Falcon? Yeah, it's just, it's got an exterior (laughs) Come on, baby, hold together. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that I have to leave it on all the time. That's the other thing. Like, I just, I walk around my house and this fucking light's on all the time with it and I'm like, that thing's going to blow up. For sure, that thing's going to blow up yeah and it doesn't you, fit no, in you, any you of the consoles it off. that i have you can turn it off you, it, I can't, it goes you can't watch stand-up. tv if you turn it off you can't oh, watch tv right yeah yeah okay it's it's yeah. it gets super hot on the right. back and i you can't stand it on its side it's no, not even can't. remotely an option so you have to just like hey, put this caution last tape week around we did it. a skype meeting from My our office sleep on it with the damn xbox
box, and it was awesome. It was following so me around. It's great. It does Skype. It does Wonderful. Skype. And Who it cares? snaps. And Honestly, then you can I'm unsnap. I'm getting mad at you now. <laughs> we, we're, go, we're at the hour limit. It's, snap to Skype. Great. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I, I'm just surprised that it works as well as it does. $500, and it has Skype? Well, that's it's just the one least of the thing things you should hope for. I, but it has, you know, a, a great version of Skype. It's like hoping your barn has hay. Yeah, it's, yeah, of course, it's going to have hay. It has a there great version. There might be a hay Skype. option on the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Xbox Snap to Xbox Hay. hay. Yeah. Xbox Deliver Hay. Well, what do you think? Do you think it's crap? Do you think it's it's not a good machine? Do you think they should have just done what PlayStation? It's has just done? hard not to admire the this the beauty and elegance of the PS4 right. when it sits right next to my big honking Homer. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, it's yeah. just. It just feel it doesn't feel solid to me. Even when I take it out of the box, it's got, it just feels like it's going to fall apart. Did you yeah, feel that way about the Xbox 360? Yeah, though? the original model for sure. Yeah, yeah it was all ramshackle. Yeah, yeah. they're no, not. I mean, a it definitely company. feels like it definitely feels like you've got a, an incredibly elegant Italian sports car in your PS4 that is just like so kind of. It's easy. You want to drive it. You have a fun time driving it, but you only drive it to certain places, and then you come right back home. Yeah. Whereas the Xbox One is like this big dumb shit minivan that's got a million buttons on it and you just you you know you get into the captain's chair and you're really excited and you can drive it anywhere but the thing breaks down all the time like i'm just waiting for it to just start to fall the, the apart. thing i really don't like about the xbox one is the the install time on all of this stuff you know oh, when you pop so, in a disc yeah, so it just slow. takes forever you know and they've got to yeah. fix that they've got to fix that and and installing uh, updates and stuff like that it just seems to be so you know they need to fix all that stuff. And one of the coolest things I've done with the PS4 is is buy a game on my phone, and it's installed when I got oh home. Oh my god, you love this! I you, thought it was you, great. You, it was you like were taking your dump, and you downloaded I, Need for I, Speed. I was yeah, you I was, were over I the was, moon. And I, know. I got home, yeah, and Need for Speed was right there world. for me. That's it's miraculous. like wow, yeah, I know everything is amazing. <laughs> more things, more things to do when we're taking dumps. Now we can buy PS4 games. The only thing I need to do is be able to wirelessly play it on my phone while I'm taking a dump from my PS4 at home. Yeah, I know when you take a dump, the Xbox kind of looks around the corner. Are you taking? Hey, dump, sir. <laughs> Xbox, stop watching me take a dump. <laughs> Xbox, dumping. <laughs> this has been the most uh, metaphor-heavy uh, yeah. episode of The Basement we've ever had. That's because Ben Silverman's kind of a literary type. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. it's I'm, been great. I'm we're gonna we're gonna have you back, man. We miss that you. That sounds great. I miss you guys too. I can't tell you guys how disappointing it, it was to not be there for this rock and rig. It's not just for the show. The show's a lot of fun. The, 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 the viewers all get to see the show, and we always have a great time. But it's 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 for everything that happens around the show. It's for going to the studio and hanging out with everybody, and you, you know, everybody on the team is so awesome. I miss Raju and Marissa and Steve and Jose and whoever the other guys are. Uh, <laughs> are there any other guys? <laughs> Still, Sean. That's the other guy. Yeah. What's, yeah, uh, what's like Jose him. like in real life? Uh, he's like a slowed down version of what he's like on the show, I guess. <laughs> it's like, That's all like of us. Same, it's like the same guy if you shot him with a trank. Like, it's exactly the same. Like, he's just a little slower with his impersonation. If you threw but it's exactly a, the same. a fish at him, would he try to catch it in his mouth? Yes. No, yes he, is the answer. He's not. He's not a bear anymore. He's. He's more like the Rock now. He's turned into a lean, mean fighting machine. Yeah. It's crazy. He's on steroids. He's on steroids. Is he on steroids? Is that what I, it is? It would, uh, I mean, is he on the Stallone it, juice? You didn't hear it from me, but. <laughs> Yes, he's on steroids. I just I noticed that uh, he has a hard time keeping his shirt on. This yeah. was the first time I've seen him. And uh, we just turn what? around, it's like Jose stripped down again. As soon as we, he's, he's just cooling off over here, guys. Getting a little warm. Really? Which way to the beach? Are you keeping yeah. a jacket on, you mean? 
or yeah. a sweater. Yeah, there was yeah. no extra bulk on the on, no. no layers this time. Yeah, you want to show it off, you know? Yeah, of I wanted some of my clothes that I wear this, that I stole says the from guy that wears nine-year-old boy shirts. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> does does uh, does Jose still wear Under Armour? He was he was really up on Under Armour for a while. <laughs> Oh man, it was oh, it, we, it was we a great a, trip. It was uh, it was awesome to have everybody here. It's been a crazy, crazy year. It has been. A lot of different things have happened over the course of this year, and all of these consoles. And I am looking forward to, you know, and the next few years of of uh, peace and harmony. Yeah, just getting onto a rhythm again with these machines. Yeah. You know, it was definitely time to make a transition. Yeah, remember 2009, yeah. 2010, those are the salad days compared to the shit. I know. <laughs> no, it's really true. And there, there is something to be said about getting into just one system. Like, I can't wait for the Xbox 360 and the PS3, which are going to be around for another couple of years. I can't wait for them to just officially fuck off and go into my I know, like, right? cupboard. Yeah. I just, I want to focus. I want to be able to and, say, here are my systems, dude, that's it. We have to hold on to them for a long time because this backwards compatibility lack of is uh, is yeah. crap. I've got seven systems it's, hooked up to and, my And TV. there are good games. Games coming my for both ouch. of these machines, man. My my my, my TV looks like the one woman at an orgy. Octomom. I can't take any more. All right, all right. Everything is full. all right. You you bring out the best in Scott Jones, Ben Silverman. <laughs> all right, buddy. We're gonna say goodbye. Okay, uh, have, have a great sad. holiday, my friend. <laughs> Okay, you guys too. Listen, I hope to see you guys at the Game Developers Conference. That's in my neck oh, of the woods down no, here we're in San Francisco. We're, Please we're, come. We're coming. Uh, we'll probably be down there in January. Uh, don't make promises we can't. No, I'm sure. I'm, com- I'm sure we're coming soon. <laughs> oh we love you, buddy. We miss you. you love guys you, buddy. Too. All right, I love you guys. I'm a big fan of you guys on the show. Okay. I like the tall one. We can't right. wait to see you in real, in real yeah. life soon. Yes. Okay. See you guys. Bye, hug, hug your family. I will. I will. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go try to uh, wipe some shit off. The okay. Couch. Perfect. All right. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everybody. Do you want to yell uh, out Stitcher? Oh, Stitcher. There it is. Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a very special Vic Space. Are you gonna thank the PS4? Oh yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Mr. Sony oh. and and uh, Mrs. PlayStation or Ms. PlayStation. Knack, I secretly love you. And Knack, your beautiful looking game with all kinds of artistic objects in there. Uh, PS4, we really appreciate your support, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mark Stern.